Hey there, welcome to another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell. Today's conversation is one that really resonated with me. As a teenager, I had no idea what I wanted for my life. I didn't know where I was going, and more importantly, I don't really think I knew what mattered to me. Today, I'm joined by Mike Mariner of Road Trip Nation. If you aren't familiar with Mike or his mission, this is your lucky day. Mike is the founder and president of Road Trip Nation, a mission-driven nonprofit in storytelling and education. Right after college, Mike and his friends hit the road in their bright green RV to capture empowering stories that would provide young people with confidence and tools to find a career that matters to them. During our conversation, Mike talks about the origin of Road Trip Nation, and he shares some of the stories they collected along the way. After listening to our conversation, I highly recommend checking out Road Trip Nation's YouTube channel and sharing it with the young people in your life. Now let's get started. Hi, Mike. Thanks so much for being here today on the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Absolutely. Excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. You are quite an individual with an amazing journey. I was looking through, of course, I was doing my homework and I was looking through what I read online and I checked out your books and of course the PBS series. I mean, you have so much. You've done so much. You've produced a public television show. You've won an Emmy. Um, you've won tellies. You are a best-selling author. You've just done so much. So I'm trying to decide where to begin. But I think my biggest question is, how did you get from here to there? So you went, correct me if I'm wrong, but you went to college for um, biology and sports medicine. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So take me back. Take me back to high school where it all started. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in high school, I, um, I, I was really focused on going to college. My family had some financial hardships when I was growing up. So like affording college was a really big deal as it is for gosh, almost every single American kid now. It's so expensive. But, um, but yeah, I, um, I was excited about going to college. I was concerned about how to pay for it. I applied for every scholarship available and I had gone to a leadership summit the year before at Pepperdine University. And so I went to this leadership summit there. It was a big leadership summit for students their junior year of high school. And they paid for it. And you got to go live in the dorms and listen to all these like inspiring speakers. And it really impacted me. It was called the Youth um, Leadership Seminar at Pepperdine. And um, it just made me really want to go to school there. And But I hadn't really looked at the price tab of Pepperdine. And, mm -hmm. and when I looked at that, I was like, oh, no. And um, but I'm like, all right, I'm just going to apply anyway. I applied for financial aid. applied for the, for the FAFSA form, all my local scholarships. And luckily they put together like a generous financial aid package that like made it, made it work. And so, yeah, then I, I went in, I, I majored in, um, you know, at first I was, I really kind of wanted to be a doctor. I always wanted to like help, help people, you know, that was something I really wanted to, to do. Um, and so I majored in sports medicine, pre-med, and then added the biology degree later on. But, you know, as I got through my grades were like, pretty good, like three, three, but like maybe not like medical school good. And so I was looking like other 
other opportunities, you know, like maybe I could like work for a biotech company. So I had an internship at Amgen. I would go work there in the summer and, and pipette Chinese hamster ovary cells, you know, that kind of a thing. But I just, I just couldn't stand it. I, I just, it was just too claustrophobic and too repetitious. And like, I, I didn't really realize at the time, but I definitely have like an entrepreneurial brain. Like I have lots of ideas all the time. I got really excited about things. I always had like a, a I had like a mild stuttering problem as a kid, just because that's when your brain's moving faster than your mouth. You can't like get it out. I still stutter like a tiny bit, but not as bad as I think Road Trip Nation, all the public speaking, like maybe slay the dragon, you know, but, um, but yeah, I just realized that like, wow, I'm definitely not really made to like be in a laboratory and me and a couple other friends from college, I kind of had that similar late college, uh oh, moment. And, you know, you spend all this time being so focused on college and studying and grades, but then you're like, what am I really going to do? And so we were like, all right, let's, what if we could take a road trip across America and just talk to people in different careers who have like done kind of like amazing things and who did it kind of differently and creatively. And I don't know, just like, just to like, switch it up, stir the pot, go talk to people, learn how they got to where they are, storytelling, you know, and I think we were just really craving that, you know, at, at that age. And I think it's actually normal when you look back at like Native American cultures and more ancient cultures, like storytelling is huge, intergenerational storytelling, where you sit around a campfire, learn from people's paths, you know, what they, what went right, what went wrong. Like, it doesn't seem like we do that enough. That's like kind of a side tangent in American culture, but we were hungry for that. And so we, we did that road trip and that's what kind of led to road trip nation. You know, we, um, then came the book and the documentary and all that other stuff, but that was very, the beginning, it was really just a response to being like any other college kid, confused, frustrated, not sure what to do, having, feeling so honored and thankful to have gone to college, but knowing that that also wasn't enough and trying to figure out what was the next step, you know? So had you graduated by that point? You had. Um, yeah, we had graduated okay. by that point. And what did your parents think about that when you said, I'm going to hit the road and go talk to people and hear their stories? Um, that's a good question. They were a little, it was a little bit of like a whiplash because I was like pre-med biology, maybe biotech guy. And then it was like road trip, kind of random, <laughs> the living in a motorhome thing, you know, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, parents just want what's best for their students. And, you know, to be fair, like if I saw my kid living in a motorhome, you know, <laughs> whatever. but we, we, we started like booking some kind of incredible interviews too. So that's when they were like, wow, like you're interviewing Howard Schultz or Michael Dell or the guys who designed snowboards. Like it, it became like a pretty cool trip. I think our parents overall were like excited about it, you know, and supportive, but a little bit like confused too, like, where is this going type thing? But, you know, they weren't like actively discouraging us. They were always super encouraging, optimistic, awesome parents. But of course, like I'm a parent now too, you know, you're always wondering like, where, where's this all headed? And I think it when the book from the first book came out, that's when it was like, oh, okay, this is like, this is real. They're like writing, there's a book about it, you know? And, and then it was like, oh, wow, this is super cool. And why Road Trip Nation? Like, what was the mission? The mission was always to help other students find their own roads in life. And that's when we realized after our first road trip, it, we, it was had such a, an impact on our life. We were like, can we pay this forward? Can we create an opportunity for other students to go through this. And also we had gotten some really good advice on the road. One of the guys we interviewed was started the graphic design firm that did all Burton snowboards graphics. And he said, when you magnify what it is you believe in, the world conspires to support you on your path. 
And I'll never forget that. And I think what that meant to me was find something you really believe in. Don't worry about career pathways. Don't worry about just find something you really care about. And that was like ringing in the back of our heads that whole road trip. And and we were kind of like through that lens, we were kind of able to search for things that we really cared about. And then we got back from that road trip, like, whoa, actually what we really care about is this, like this experience and maybe paying it forward and like creating this experience for other students. And that's where Road Trip Nation came from, you know, was we, and we, you know, there was some article, it's never linear, you know, but we, Forbes did a small article on our road trip. That article got the attention of a publisher from random at random, you know, Random House. We, we wrote a book about it. You know, we were in, in a lot of schools the year, first year or two after the road trip presenting on the book and giving, you know, talking about our experience and meeting a lot of students and, and realizing that like students, yeah, they can hear our motivational speak and buy books and that kind of thing, but they really just need to hit the road themselves. You know, that was like, and we were getting a little tired talking about our road trip, you know, all the time on the public speaking tour, you know, and we were like, what really needs to happen is these students need to create their own experiences, have their own road trips and not so much traveling America and seeing all the tour, but like interviewing people, talking to adults in different fields, passing on that intergenerational insight that basically says, chill out. You're going to fail. You're going to screw up. Most important thing is find something you really care about and just commit to it. Dive into the rabbit hole and go all in. And you're going to fail along the way. That's okay. You're going to make mistakes. That's okay. But if you stick with it, something you really care about, like something will connect later, even if you don't know what that will be. Well, and that's, but that's hard for young people, isn't it? I mean, of the young people I know to reach out to people they don't know to know how to approach them and what questions to ask to, to make those interviews work. Were you giving them advice or recommendations about how to get started with that? Yeah, we actually created a curriculum that we still have today um, where that kind of guides students in identifying things they're interested in and then looking out at the world and finding people and fields they're interested in. Um, and yeah, I'm booking those interviews and that's by far the scariest part of the whole project to your point like we, we we've done a bunch of research on the impact of the curriculum and you know the point of the curriculum where students do have to cold call people for interviews is like by far the most terrifying part but also the part where they have the largest gains in self-efficacy and like confidence and like mindset shift in terms of confidence development for their future because it's like wow adults also were kind of screwed up at one point and and we're kind of like me and they were okay, you know, and they're willing to talk to me, you know, that, that even before the interview happens, we find that's a huge thing because on everyone's LinkedIn profile, your LinkedIn profile, my LinkedIn profile, it's like, everyone looks like they've had perfect career paths, you know, but when you actually mm-hmm. talk to someone and be like, Hey, where were you at when you were my age? How did you get there? It's like, Oh wow. Actually everyone was a bus boy or, you know, made lattes or delivered pizza or how to pay off student loans or, didn't get the internship that they wanted or got a D minus. And the, the, the guy who did he coded the human genome, Craig, Dr. Craig Venter got a D minus in high school physics. That was mm-hmm. not in his LinkedIn profile. That's not in any other media you'll find out there. But when we talked to him, he was like, look, relax. I got a D minus in high school physics. I decoded the human genome. If you make a mistake, it's not the end of the world. Like you keep going as long as you find something you really believe in. But the problem I think is that in the social media echo chamber we're all living in, no one's talking about mistakes. No one's talking about missteps, things that didn't go wrong. It's all, here's my perfect, you know, facial expression. Here's my perfect yeah. weekend. Here's my perfect career. Here's my, per-. and everyone's like, oh, whoa. It's almost like making other young people feel like they have to have perfect careers when it's just 
not possible. And it's actually not how anyone else got to where they are either. So part of what Road Trip Nation's you know, evolved mission is, is really creating more of a secondary narrative, like a more authentic asset-based narrative, human-centered narrative around like, hey, this is how people got to where they are. This is the, this is the unfiltered, the real part about their, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the this. And you know what? It's hopefully really optimistic because people who started from all different places in life, whether you were formerly incarcerated or an immigrant or first and family go to college or had to deal with financial crap to go to college, people get through that stuff, you know, and they get this come at their side. And in fact, most people you look out in the world have gone through stuff like that, you know, and, and here's how they did it. And, and if you're in that same place, like you're not alone, there's people out there who are like you, who are going through it too. I love that quote, by the way, about um, the world conspiring to help you get there. I'm going to definitely share that. And speaking of stories, because there's so many stories in the book in Road Trip Nation um, about the people you met and where they came from. And some of them are so interesting. There's so many. So I'm going to post a link to the book because I think everybody should read it. Can you just tell us a few that really stuck with you or that you think are the most inspiring that young people might get excited about? Yeah. I mean, there, there are so many different stories in the book. You might have Howard Schultz, the guy who founded Starbucks coffee company. And when you see Starbucks, you might think of this like huge empire. But when he was starting out, he talked to over 290 investors and 99% of them said no. Um, and he said, he remembered the day when his wife was pregnant with her first child and his father-in-law after like trying to find investment for this idea, this crazy idea he had to bring the romance of the Italian espresso, espresso bar to America. His father was like walking with him down by the water in the Puget Sound in Seattle and was like, son, I, I think this is time to move on, you know? And, and, and he said, he just put his head in his hands and just started weeping and, you know, but then, you know, he found that investor and just kind of kept going. I mean, there's just so many stories like that. And there are stories when people, the things that didn't work out, you know, like we interviewed a lobsterman on the coast of Maine who just loves lobstering and that's his passion. He owns his own boat. He brings in his own catch. He makes decent money. He's his own independent employer. And before that he was an accountant and he hated it. You know, he went to school for accounting and he realized like what he really believed, what he really loved was being out in the water and being self-employed and that's okay too. You know, and then there was this, that punk rock graphic design advertising guy up in Burlington, the guy who I mentioned who said that quote, you know, he loved snowboarding and and he was friends with, you know, the guy who started Burton Snowboards and he started his own, you know, advert design firm next door to Burton when they were building Burton. And he, you know, started doing the graphics and advertising and small two person shop. And now they have like over 400 employees today, more than that probably, but, you know, or there's like, a color consultant we we interviewed up in the Bay Area, you know, who works with Apple to help them like select the colors for their devices. You know, there's just, there's so much random, then there's environmentalists, people in DC who lobby for climate change and sustainability. And when you're in high school, and I think when you're a parent too, now that I'm a parent, you just, you think, you kind of think in that like 14 career pathways mindset, mm-hmm. like here are the 14 career pathways, nursing, hospitality, business, finance, science, you know, and it's like, that's, but when you stop and actually look at the world through like all the crazy things people are doing, it does not fit nicely and neatly in those boxes. You know, in fact, the people doing the most interesting things that are oftentimes the most successful kind of did really distinctive, creative, different 
things that were more based on what they were, what they loved, you know, and what they, now you have to find a way to like make it economically sustainable too. Like same with Road Trip Nation. We're not just like living across America in a motorhome and we had to find a way to produce content, own the content, distribute the content, license the content, create a company, not make payroll. I mean, all, all of it's all part of it. You got to find something you really believe in, something that really matters to you. And you've got to figure out how to kind of build an economic engine around it. And, and it's doable. It's super doable. That's the great thing about the world we live in today. There's just so many different ways to, to build little tiny enterprises, you know, and it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be Starbucks or Facebook or Dell computers, you know, and, and we interviewed Michael Dell from Dell computers. I mean, the, more power to them. Those are huge, great companies, but there are so many other smaller road trip nation type companies that are out there too. On, you know, we have 85 employees at road trip nation. we we reach 14 million students every year. We have a show on PBS and 80 million households. It's a, I love the size of our organization and we created it from nothing. We created it from scratch and it was something we really believed in. And there's a lot of things out there like us, you know? And so I think, I don't know if that was possible 30 years ago, you know, in the world that like our parents and grandparents grew up in where you didn't have the internet, you didn't have lower cost content development tools, you know, to film a road trip, you would have had to go to film school. Like we didn't have to go to film school. We bought the Sony VX 2000, the first digital video video camera for $1,800. Before that, video cameras were $50,000. Technology took the barrier to entry way down so that a couple scrappy kids could film their road trip and, you know, create a documentary out of it on iMovie on their laptop and put it on PBS, you know, like that, 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 those advancements are happening all the time. So, you know, people with good ideas, there's more opportunity to really do something with those ideas. Did you ever hit a point where you thought this isn't going to work or it's just too hard throughout this whole journey? Um, I never thought in my head specifically it's not going to work. I remember thinking like, oh, I got to have like ideas for backup jobs, you know, like if this doesn't <laughs> like, you know, I was always thinking like, well, would I, would have, maybe I need to do this or that or whatever. But I never really, never really got really that much further than just like, oh man, if this well went out, which maybe I'll go work for this thing or that thing, you know, but that's pretty much as far as we got. Um, I, in my head, it was never like, will this not work? I mean, it was, we were just so committed, you know, and I was deferring my student loans. I was, I had to sell my truck, you know, I was living in my grandma's garage. <laughs> um, and then later in my brother's tool shed for a few years, you know, I made it like a nice little living area, you know. But yeah, we never really thought it wasn't going to work. It was just more, we believed in it so much. We were committed to like making this happen no matter what. And we were young enough, you know, we didn't, it's so great starting a company in your early to mid twenties. You know, if I had two little kids as I do now, and I don't think it'd be very, very hard to do, you know, people who do that have incredible resilience. I don't know if I'm one of those people, but uh, we interviewed chef Charlie Trotter on the road trip. And he said, there's no excuse for anyone in the early to mid twenties not to pursue their dream. He's like, if it doesn't work out, you can go do something later on. Go to law school when you're 27 or something. That will all still be there. But it's like, if you have an idea and you want to go for it, just go for it. You know, like, and granted, that's easy to say, hard to do. I had a lot of student loans. It was very messy trying to make that work. Hard to get a date in those years too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> didn't have a car. My living situation was pretty scrappy, that kind of thing. And we'll be right back after a quick break. Anne Marie Kelly. Wild Precious Life is a podcast about dreaming big, digging in and connecting across distance, division, and loss. 
In each episode, I talk with prize-winning writers, musicians, and wanderers who remind all of us how we can make the most of the time we have. So meet me here. Let's walk and talk and dream and discover what it means to be wild, precious, and brave. What role do you think college played in all this? Do you think it helped you realize that you had the entrepreneurial spirit? Do you think, like, if you hadn't gone, do you think you'd be in a different place? People always ask me that, and especially like, oh, you majored in biology. Like, are you so bummed you majored in biology because you're not using it? And I, it's the exact opposite for me. Like, college was an incredible experience that, like, brought out my work ethic and developed me as like a human and, and taught me how to solve problems. Like majoring in biology was the perfect major for starting road trip nation because like organic chemistry, that solving a problem in organic chemistry is like highly challenging, highly multidimensional. It's not linear. And so as being an entrepreneur, you know, it's highly challenging. It's your problem. We, we don't, we are not just like, I guess it depends on your organization, but like we don't just like sell pencils to, Staples, like we launch road trips, we produce content around them that we distribute to PBS. We have corporate partners that do the underwriting for those PBS. We then license the content to schools. We have books, we have all the, we have an online network. We have, there's all these different pieces that kind of make the Road Trip Nation organization sustainable and have impact and bring in revenue and make it, make it flourish, you know? So it's, I think college prepared me kind of perfectly for that um, and gave me kind of like a soft, testing ground to fail and learn and to do that, to have that summer job at Amgen, you know, pipetting Chinese hamster ovary cells and just little, little stuff. Yeah. I think it was huge for me. Now I, I now was it necessary to go to a four-year college. I don't know. Could I have gotten the same experience going to a, a community college, you know, like LA community college or Santa Monica city college, which is an amazing community college. And could I have lived in an apartment in Santa Monica and done that? Probably. I mean, that that's the other thing. I think personally, my personal take is that some form of post-secondary training is super important. I don't, I have no judgment personally on what type of post-secondary training that is. If you want to get your certification and go be a cook, if you want to go to Santa Monica City College, which is an incredible, you know, a lot of these community colleges have gotten so innovative now and 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 do it that way. Or if you want to go to four-year college, that's great too. You know, it's it's just about. I think a lot of students think four year college or nothing, and I, I do think that's a massive mistake from a cultural narrative perspective for us to be sharing this myth that college is just four year degree or nothing. Because there are so many different pathways, um, and I think it by and large puts a ton of pressure on students and families and parents that got to squeeze into this box. And personally, I think going to some type of college, including post secondary, is important. Community college, anything. But I wouldn't say that four-year college is the be-all end-all either. Yeah, I would agree. I talk a lot about that on the podcast. There's different paths that will get you to the same place or to different places. So it's really everybody's individual journey. You talked about the curriculum earlier. Um, is that only available through schools or is that available like if people homeschool or if if teens or young adults wanted to check it out on their own? Is there a way to access that? Yeah, hundred um, percent. Our website, roadtripnation.com has a ton of great resources. If you go under um, what we offer, it's just, it says um, course and we have a course to open access free five oh, lessons. Um, anyone can sign up and, and, and do it. So yeah, we, that's what it's there for. We're trying to get all the content out there to the world and have hope people use it. So 
That's awesome. Um, and you talk in the book about the red rubber ball. Mm -hmm. Can you explain what that is and, and why it's important in this context? Yeah. One of my favorite interviews and just favorite humans on the planet um, is a guy named Kevin Carroll. And he worked at Nike for a long time. He was the catalyst at Nike, catalyst with a K. And he kind of did different marketing and events and was just kind of like a man that did everything. And this kind of made stuff catalyze inside Nike. And he's just this incredibly inspiring human who, when he was growing up, he was passionate about sports, you know, football, soccer, basketball, and everyone around him told him bouncing that ball would get you nowhere in life. And he said that, well, I'm going to follow my rudder ball. And so he ended up going to become, you know, going to athletic training and then finally like working for Nike and being a really influential person inside, inside Nike. And he gives these presentations saying you, everyone has to find that red rubber ball. No, no matter what someone tells you that you, you have to just shed the noise, block it and listen to yourself. And um, that was another big, that was another big encouragement thing too. It was like, wow, you can really, it doesn't matter as much so much about the career pathway you're trying to fit yourself into biotechnology, blah, blah, blah. It's more about who are you? What are you really interested in? What are you, what matters to you? And that when you get focused there, you kind of turn that telescope around, it unlocks a lot of power inside you and it makes you become stronger. And if you stutter, it makes you, you know, it helps you get over that. If you, you know, you kind of just like, I don't know, it changes your whole constitution. You know, when you find something you really care about, you kind of, humans can, are capable of so much more than you think you are. And, but I do think you need some like deeper rallying purpose to kind of help you become the best version of yourself, you know? And I think that's what the rubber ball thing was for Kevin, for sure. And that's what like the green RV thing was for us, you know, and these are weird things, you know, these are, these are not career pathways in the 14 career pathways. <laughs> these are not college <laughs> majors, you know, but they're, but they're certainly like life roots and have led to become really a lot of people that we found that were successful in a lot. And that's what parents want, right? You want your kids to have like successful, thriving, happy lives. And it just so turns out that what we found is that not shoving ourselves in a box and working on our work ethic, working on our commitment, working on becoming good humans, good, hardworking humans and finding things we care about and having experiences that allow you to see the world and yourself in different ways. Like that's actually what matters way more than, you know, trying to fit into some existing box. Right on. I love that. But here's the the challenge, I think, for especially for young people, this isn't happening in high school, right? Like mm -hmm. there, there's no class on helping you figure out who you are, what matters to you, where you're going. And I think a lot of kids, they, they're limited. Their exposure is limited, right? So they don't know about all the opportunities or all the ideas that they could be pursuing. So what advice do you have for younger people who are trying to get out of that box? and figure out what else there is. And that that's exactly why we started Road Trip Nation. And that's exactly why we got really serious about the content development part, is that now we have a database of 10,000 video assets. And you can access wow. many of those video assets on our website, roadtripnation.com. You know, and I'm not just flagging that because our business model is not to like sell advertising or sell your data. So I'm, I'm not like trying to get people to go to our site because we can monetize it, that kind of thing. It's just, we put all of our content on our website so that, and it's really accessible. We have licensing partners as well. We have lots of different big education partners that do pay for our content and put their put their content on their platform so students can access it that way. Or you can come to our website and get a portion of that content as well. 
but that's exactly it. Like not every kid in America can live in a motorhome and go across America to do that. And so because of this video database that we have, it allows parents and students to still get that visibility um, as to what careers are out there through the video assets. Great. And with regard to parents, you know, we all want to help our kids exactly what you're saying, be happy and successful and fulfilled and all that. Um, But what if you have a reluctant kid who says, I don't know, I don't want to explore, I don't want to do anything. Any, Any advice to parents to help kind of light that spark to at least get your kid excited about investigating or exploring their options? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I am not an expert parent, but um, <laughs> I have a 10 year old and a seven year old. So they're not old enough yet to have that like indifference thing, you know? Um, so let me, let me rephrase. Uh, when you were a teen, what do you wish someone would have done for you? Okay. So when I was a teen, I was kind of like a little loafy, quiet, bumbling teen. Like my wife and I have known each other forever. And she was like, I was, I I was not just like a real go-getter. You know, I was into sports. I was, I worked moderately hard at school, but I mostly like copied my wife's homework. You know I mean? I was like (laughs) a pretty irresponsible, like never, never turned in my homework, studied hard for the AP US history test because I was going to get a D in that class. And if I passed the AP test, you would get an A in the class. So I didn't study at all, all year, took the AP test and I stayed up all night for a couple of nights, but that was like probably the only time I ever really worked super hard in school. So I would just say that for me, it came later, my like drive for some reason. Um, and maybe it's okay to be, be patient. Um, I don't know. High school is weird. High school is just a weird time. You've got a lot of stuff going around with your peers and obviously COVID and College is great because you kind of get away from your friends, to be honest, and you like, it's like a restart. You're like kind of a new environment. You're away from your bubble. You're, you see yourself differently. I, I think it's just important to mix it up. You know, like even if you don't go to a four-year college, I still recommend moving away from home, going to a community college and getting an apartment and working, being a waiter or waitress, you know, like just, just mixing it up. So, yeah, so anyway. I think that's great. That's great advice. Yeah. Okay. So this is all amazing. And I'm going to put links to the website and the videos and, um, and the book. Uh, what about social? Where can people find and follow? Uh, we have a, we have a YouTube channel, uh, just search for road trip nation, um, on YouTube that we release a ton of great content on there and videos on there. So that's a good, good place to start. Um, roadtripnation.com is our website. And, um, we do have an Instagram page as well. Just search road trip nation, but yeah, YouTube is where we release most of our video content and we do some, some sharing on Instagram as well. And, uh, and then, you know, LinkedIn, all the, all the places you can search for road trip nation, you'll, you'll find us. But I say, if you want our video asset, YouTube's a great place to find it. Okay, great. I'm going to put all those links in the show notes. One last question. If you could go back and give yourself high school, Mike, one piece of advice, what would you tell yourself? Oh man. Um, I would probably say just don't worry so much, you know, like everything's going to work out probably better than you would have imagined. And, and worrying about it isn't going to make it any better or worse. It's just such an anxiety time, you know, especially when you're trying to think about college and how to pay for it. And, and I really believe like no matter what would have happened, even if I wouldn't have gotten that financial aid package for call for Pepperdine, like, I would have gone to community college and I really believe it still would have been great. 
I have so many friends that have gone to community. And that's just, you know, call it's not about where you go to college. Um, you know, I've read, there's a recent book out, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he's a really smart, high read author guy. But he says, it's not mm-hmm. where you go to college, it's how you go to college. And yeah. Yeah. I think that's super, super true. Yeah. Yeah. Not worrying so much about that and um, focusing more on who you are, like the person you're becoming. Like, are you kind? Do you work hard? Do you have work ethic? You know, do you commit to things? Do you, are you a good friend? You know, like focus on being a, a good person and then, and then find something you really believe in. And it could be anything. I mean, it could be ants. It could be dogs. It could be a motorhome or road tripping. It could be a red rubber ball. It could be sports. It could be video games. It could be climate change. It could be education. It could be, you know, equity in communities. It could be, I mean, run for mayor, just do anything, you know, do, do anything, no matter how crazy it is. That's probably my biggest advice is just, just do anything, commit to it all. And don't think about it. Don't think about it too much. If you think about it, you won't do it. Just, we didn't think about our road trip. We just did it. We just were like, we're going to, if we thought about it, we would not have done it. It was too freaking crazy, (laughs) but we really believed in it and we didn't think about it. We just went for it, you know? And I think young people today need to do more of that. They need to just dive in head first, you know, um, of course, like assess the risks and safety first and, you know, wear a seatbelt and, you know, of course I'm a parent (laughs) too. So that's important. But I mean, in terms of like young people don't, I think, take enough risks with their, with their journeys, you know, and, and, um, starting things, starting local clubs, local social enterprises. So social entrepreneurship, I'm a huge fan of, like, I don't think young people like realize that they can build a business that can help the world, um, and make a profit at the same time. Like, I think we're told that like, that you either do like business is bad or nonprofits, you'll be poor or, but there's like, there's this huge emerging space of social entrepreneurship, which is like companies that actually do a lot of good. And you can start one of those based on something you believe in, you know? So I would consider road trip nation a social enterprise. You know, there's just, there's just so many things you can do, but you just need to start in some direction and then rapid prototype, rapid failing, rapid changing, rapid learning. And then you just finally, something starts to click, you know? So, but I would just get to it. Like, don't waste any time. Just like get moving, find something you believe in, get started get messy. Don't think about it. Just like, and and it can be anything, literally anything, as long as you, it really matters to you. That's perfect. Get messy. I love it. Thank you so much for this. This has been such a great conversation. I can't wait for my listeners to hear this conversation. And I can't wait to to direct them to all of your content. Um, I know you're super busy and on the road a lot. So thanks for making time for me today. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks for what you're doing too. Okay. So now I'm motivated to buy an RV and take this podcast on the road. I'm only half kidding about that. But seriously, what an incredible journey that Mike has traveled. And I love that they have grown their team and are encouraging young people to hit the road and seek out advice and wisdom. Mike's advice to find something you care about is so important. We hear so many people talk about finding your passion. In my opinion, passion is hard to define. And for many young people, it's a scary thought. I think it overwhelms them. As Mike suggests, they just need to find something they care about and then try to build that into a career that will bring stability along with enjoyment. I was a bit of a risk taker when I was young. Remind me to tell you about that time I packed up my car and drove across country with no job lined up. But 
All that said, it seems like the younger generations are more risk averse and want to have things all figured out. It's hard for us as parents because we want to make sure that our kids find a stable and secure future. But all the stability and security in the world won't make a difference if they hate what they're doing. Let's make a commitment to helping our kids explore all of the options that are of interest to them, even if it means that it's out-of-the-box thinking and outside of our comfort zone. In the end, I think they and we will be glad we did. Huge thanks to Mike Mariner for joining me today, and thank to you for listening. I hope you enjoy hearing these conversations as much as I enjoy having them. All links and references mentioned in this episode can be found in the show notes at highschoolhamsterwheel.com. I'd love it if you would connect with me on Facebook and Instagram. And if you have a minute, please give me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That's it for now. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.